Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. This is your professionals and animal lover show, pals. We are here together each week at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. And then we turn this into podcasts. We will be on all your podcast platforms. We're here together building a compassionate network. Our message is that the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. And in my opinion, and what I've learned in the last 12 weeks, it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. And through this network that we're creating, everyone wins, especially the animals. So in addition to this weekly show, which spotlights professionals that are animal lovers and nonprofits that focus on protecting, sheltering, and advocating on behalf of animals, we're also planning both networking and educational events for this community. So stay tuned for that. You can watch us on Facebook and on Instagram and TikTok. I'll do a little little pals dance maybe on TikTok for everybody. Our show is brought to you in collaboration with my organization. By the way, I'm Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector. It's brought to you in collaboration with what has become a mission, a movement, philanthropy and focus, and my co-host company, Work Be Done. Super excited to introduce the Long Island Railroad to you all because it wouldn't be a show here on Long Island if the railroad didn't show up as soon as I'm starting the show. Yep, I know. You're here. You told me. All right. Also super excited to introduce you to my friend, my comrade, my buddy, my pal, Val, Valerie Heffron. What's up, kid? What's going on? Oh, you cracked me up. Oh, God. If only I could clone you. Um, What's up, Long Island Railroad? (laughs) Long Island represent. Our company, Work Be Done, is uh, a very proud sponsor of this podcast. Uh, That's work, the letter B as in B, done.com. And uh, we're also proud to donate 10% of our net profits to reputable rescues, uh, as well as other animal-related charities and, of course, animal advocacy groups. Um, Also need to mention our other sponsor, V-Sky Solutions. That's V as in victory, skysolutions.com. Really quick story about them. Just in case anyone, there's a lot, this is the age of entrepreneurialism, And a lot of people are starting a new business, maybe something on the side, or maybe it's a passion project. And we're doing this here. You need a website. Like the time will come probably very close to when you start, when you realize you need a website. So uh, Barry and I, my husband, we started searching for a website development company. And, um, you know, we have a complex website, so we knew it couldn't just be like a WordPress site. But the point is that we kicked a lot of tires this time because it was really important to get the right people. This company, vSky, we met with them. And afterwards, um, they were definitely obviously a contender for our business. I researched them and I called without them knowing. I didn't ask them for references. I went onto their website. I saw other websites that they had done. And I called the owners of those companies. and And they had no idea I was calling. Every single person I spoke to raved about them, couldn't say enough positive things about them, their pricing, their timing, you know, the, the, how quickly they, can, they say they can get stuff done, what to expect from them. They're really terrific. So I just, they're not just a sponsor. They did our website. And I can tell you our website, I'm very proud of it. And they like animals too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I'm not going to do business with anyone who doesn't like animals. That's no, how it's prerequisite. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if you want to pump gas into this woman's car, make sure you <laughs> she'll go down the block, even if she has to walk with the gas tank because she ran out of gas. That's right. Go That's out right. of her way <laughs> to support people who support the animals. So, <laughs> I have some information on our guest here. I could, I could read a bunch of it off, or Valerie, if you want to introduce Diane, because you know each other best. Diane Madden, first of all, Welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have you here. We're excited to see you on the Zoom screen. Um, Val, introduce your friend so she can become my friend. Yes. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Well, first of all, you know, um, thank you for being here, Diane. Uh, This woman is just a warrior for the animals. Um, She has been advocating for the voiceless for 20 years. 
And um, I met her about four and a half years ago. And when I say that she changed my life, when I say that someone changed my life, this is who I'm talking about. Because I was the person who was blissfully unaware of how animal welfare is political. And um, the first time I met her, she really like, you know, drilled that down into my head. Um, but also, and additionally to that, she has been attending Town of Hempstead board meetings for 10 years. She hasn't missed one. She's attended more board meetings than the board. Like it's, it's really, um, I guess you can't get bored when you go to that many board meetings. (laughs) Well, that's a different story, but (laughs) let's do a frame of reference for everybody because we do have listeners around the country and I imagine around the planet. So if the Long Island Railroad tooting its horn right behind my back wasn't enough for you, we are on Long Island. Some have referred to us as the potential 51st state. We're not on here to talk about that today. But mm-hmm. Town of Hempstead, part of Long Island and Nassau County. Right. But these are, these are issues that we're going to talk about that are not just here on Long Island, not just here in New York, but are across the country and uh, I venture a guess across the globe. So although I've seen some things where other places in the planet are handling this a lot better. But I just want to let you know where we are, gang. So yeah, we- no, that's important. And uh, actually, Hempstead is America's largest township by population. And, uh, you know, I could go on and on forever about this person, but I really feel it's important that everyone understands that she's one person. Okay, and single handedly through her advocacy, um, the reason there's a volunteer program at this particular animal shelter is because of her. Um, The reason why there was temperature laws introduced within this township regarding how long you can leave your pets outside and uh, under for, um, you know, how hot or cold it is. That makes it, you know, there's a point where it becomes illegal. That is because of her. And there's. Countless other examples. Um, unfortunately, we don't always win our fights, as you know. But um, I really, <laughs> it's its actually a little emotional for me. Diane, it's my pleasure to introduce you. This this woman has changed my life. Yeah. Well, thank you, Valerie. Sometimes I, uh, I wonder if I'm ever going to hear from you again because I changed your life. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> It's so nice to meet you, Tommy. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I've been looking forward to it so much. Um, Valerie, I appreciate all your kind words, and I'm so proud of the work that you have done since we met, Um, and it just keeps getting bigger. Look at this. You know, you're reaching so many people. Uh, Valerie started out uh, thinking she was just attending a, a, a protest to speak out on uh, Oceanside Cats, and you know, look where she is from here. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and her Facebook and, you know, just reaching so many people and forming relationships. And that really is the most important aspect when you are advocating for anyone or anything, uh, particularly the animals, relationships are the key. And um, you know, even through the ones that Valerie has formed with town officials, um, have helped over the years. So, yeah. um, you know, again, you know, for me, the message is always the same. And it's something that I wish I knew 20 years ago. For my first 10 years, I uh, rescued animals, and, and that was so worth it, and certainly to each and every one of those animals. But what I learned after 10 years is that it was not addressing the big picture. You know, I was rescuing from the town of Hempstead Animal Shelter. And as soon as I started asking for money to be spent on the animals, better conditions, some programs, that's when they banned me from entering even the building. I proceeded to file a lawsuit. I won that lawsuit during the process of that. um, I was able to uh, sit down with the town officials with, Uh, their attorney and get quite a bit done. Uh, Some of the programs that are there, um, unfortunately, that only lasted about two years. They were barely um, seeing the fruits of the labor there. And uh, they brought in another director who came from New York City ACC, which is the biggest kill shelter in the tri-state area. So there's that philosophy. And any shelter that cares about its animals will go out of its way because we all know whether you're in a restaurant, whether you're, you know, part of a business or, uh, you know, 
anywhere, animal sheltering, it's all about the management. And right now the management is just horrible. And, you know, I always suspected that this particular animal shelter director was tied in to the Republican Party and, you know, they were doing one another favors. It was very obvious to me when he started bullying out the experts that were hired and replacing them with political cronies that were making donations, didn't necessarily have experience. Um, they, they basically, you know, resurrected all of their bad habits. Um, so the bottom line is, you know, uh, on the heels of an election that we had hoped to make some progress, um, by the way, we shouldn't have to, you know, hope or work for new representatives. This is their jobs. They're supposed to respond to the public. They're supposed to reinstate um, programs that were taken away, bring in experts. Um, but this particular board really has not done that. But well, so yeah, you know what, Diane? I just want to jump in here for a second because I just let's let's back it up for just one second, okay? Um, I never like to assume uh, what people know and don't know, right? So here's the deal, because I didn't know this I, four and a half years ago. This is when I started finding these things out, but. Um, Shelters are usually run by municipalities. That means your tax dollars are paying for everything within those walls, from the staff to the food to the toys to the whatever. And, um, you know, the reason if someone asked me, like, why are you so uh, concerned or why are you so upset about how the shelter is run? Well, the reason is because they do have a five and a half million dollar budget. Which, if you compare that to other shelters, it is extraordinarily a, a very large budget, okay? And the reason we have the problems is because most of that money, over $4 million, goes to payroll. It goes to salaries. And the people, a lot, not all of them, but certainly the higher up positions um, the well-paying jobs, the six-figure salaries, these are people who are selected because of their political connections, not their qualifications. And it shows, hey, look, you know what? If someone was a politi politically connected supervisor, but they were fantastic with the animals and they were bringing in, you know, the right people to help them get adopted and rehabilitated and give them what they need, I couldn't care less. You know what I mean? I don't care if, if the shelter director was related to the town Hampstead supervisor or whatever, if they were doing a great job. But that's the key. You know, they're just not. And we have tons of proof, which we can go into. So let me ask a question to, to you both. So do you mm -hmm. think that the, the more important piece here is to have different politicians in there? Or do you think the more important piece here is to have job qualifications for those who lead these organizations, because then, you know, one party or the other party, you know, cronyism, it, it is period, you know, just. Yeah. Oh yeah. It happens. Cronyism and patronage is on both sides. No so that's what I'm saying. So what if the, what if the, the and I don't know the answer. This is a, a true question. I'm not trying to grandstand with you guys. Is it better if there was qualifications set forth that you have to have? I don't know what the levels of experience is. I don't, you know, what the certifications are. And I can't even let you answer because we're going to a quick break. Cliffhanger, <laughs> cliffhanger, how you doing? So when we come back, <laughs> you guys will tell us if that is even a thing that we can, you know, go in that direction to force these people to have certain qualifications. This is Pals, your professionals and animal lovers show. Val, Diane, and Tommy D. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. professionals and animal lovers show this is pals that's what we call it here so listen since 2000 diane madden has been an animal advocate and a watchdog for a watchdog for dogs i like that (laughs) a watchdog for dogs and cats who live in the town of hempstead animal shelter and elsewhere here on long island her name is recognized island wide and beyond most known for her high standards and expectations in animal welfare and protection and expertise in shelter reform processes or shelter reform processes and procedures after putting in years of animal of work at the animal rescue she noticed most animals were not receiving the appropriate care from veterinarians trainers particularly in a five million dollar tax municipal shelter wow all right let's 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 break it down all right so i have 1500 questions we're not going to get to all of them so we'll we'll start with the top 1400 questions (laughs) Well, I want to know if if what if my little proposal before the break is even a possibility. But I I want I want to know, Diane. Like, is that a good solution? But before that, why the animals? Like, what even drew you to this? Like, what was the catalyst in ninety nine two thousand where you said I got to do something here? Uh, I actually went into the animal shelter, not even knowing it existed. Although I lived in Hempstead for you know a couple of decades, and I went in to adopt a pet. And um, I could see, you know, just by walking around and by the treatment from some of the people who actually are still there, um, very unwelcoming. Um, You could tell they didn't even want to be there. Uh, Certainly the animals, you know, were not happy um, and they were getting absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, I thought the solution at the time, which, you know, fortunate for many animals was to just start the process to form relationships with rescue organizations, get them out, get them into foster care, get them into uh, boarding situations where they were out of the shelter and not euthanized and not um, living there for years on end because dogs just naturally break down and the shelter uh, really was making no or little or no attempt at really even giving them medication for a cold. Their solution to that was to euthanize. So hold on one second. Uh, a cold, sorry, Val. It was to to kill the animal versus giving it. I, I don't know what um, mucinex. Absolutely, cold medication. That's going back twenty years ago. Um, so it was bad. Um, I cannot say it's a tremendous amount better based on the, especially the budget, um, and the fact that so many of these programs that they're supposed to have up and running have completely been demolished or deteriorated. But I did want to address your, your, your proposal there about qualifications, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, but the, the, the reason why the approach has to be uh, to replace elected officials, apparently these, you know, the ones that we have, the, the pleas have fallen on deaf ears. 
you know, back uh, not that long ago when they needed us to win a campaign, they certainly welcomed us to the table and, you know, we we're trying to get some things accomplished. Um, but, you know, as in any relationship like that, um, you know, once they got what they wanted, the animals got nothing. But as far as qualifications, they are not interested in people with qualifications. They are interested in people that will do their dirty work, that will stand by and play a role, but let, you know, let the party, the political party, it's not just the government. This is a very heavily, it's like a Republican club, that building with some animals inside. Um, so this particular director just takes orders. He is not there uh, to help those animals. He's there to follow orders and to obey commands. Let me make a point. Tommy. Yes, Val. In business a long time. We know a lot of business owners, especially in Long Island. In what world do you, if you had a boss or for one of your employees, in what world are you cutting a check to your boss? Am I cutting a check to my boss? Oh, okay. So I understand what, what you're saying now. So directly, directly. I'm, no, so, I, I'm not. No, never, never. I understand. Never. never. So let's say you really like your boss. I had a boss that was absolutely terrific. And I remember a bunch of us used to chip in at Christmas and we would get him whatever. I don't remember what we got the guy. Right. And I remember giving out like a, like a number one boss coffee mug once to a different boss. You know, I had some good bosses in my, hold on a second. I just, I got to take, I got to take issue with this. You have two different bosses. How did you decide who gets the number one coffee mug? I mean, you know, it was different. I never had a different well, boss at the same time. Well, I was very loyal I, to my boss. I know. I, <laughs> my curiosity gets the best of me. I, I forgot to mention that. Back to business. I'm sorry. So, in essence, where I'm going with this is, you know, you have someone, let's say, hypothetically, that was living in Suffolk County and all of a sudden out of left field, uh, donated some money to a representative running for re-election that is not hers. And it's weird. All of a sudden, she gets a six-figure job at the shelter. After they land that job, they become a consistent donor to the person in charge, their campaign, as well as like their party committees and clubs. Can I, can I can I just say where reading between the lines? Are you saying yeah. are you saying that that individual is required to, to to do these donations, or is it just kind of an understood hush hush wink wink pay me so you can keep your gig? I believe it's more understood, and certainly there are other people who have reported to us employ current and former that say you're asked to become a supporter, and you're told that by doing so, you're basically ensuring your future. Um, now, it's never directly from the person you're cutting a check to, but it's certainly a cultural you know, issue. And what I would like to see, and this is something I will certainly vocalize, is that I would like, someone said to me the other day, it's, it's everyone's constitutional right to donate to whoever political candidates they want. That's true. It's also the constitutional right of the person receiving those funds to recognize it's a conflict of interest and not accept the monies. Just like today, Tommy, without mentioning any names, you were telling me about a potential guest recommendation that someone gave us. After hearing what they did, I said, I don't really believe that that aligns with our beliefs and certain, you know, what we're looking to do on the show. So that is there's but there's no discernment and in fact you know the current uh person uh the current town of Hempstead supervisor who just won re-election by the way you know when he was campaigning he vowed to take the resignations from resignations from every single commissioner and deputy commissioner and do a re reevaluation of them so he never took the resignations but he has taken checks from those commissioners and deputy commissioners to his, you know, campaign fund. Now, again, I think that's a conflict. I, I know it. I know it is. I mean, how do you potentially fire someone that's paying you 
So what have you, so, so you and Diane are super, are much more knowledgeable and aware about the inner workings of this as it is. So because it happens with the shelter as well, but I don't, right. Yeah. But I don't, I, I, I not, our show is about professionals and animal lovers, right? But I don't think this isn't, this is not an animal issue. This is a much larger issue, right? I mean, the, one of the outcomes of this is poor uh, support inside of a shelter and, you know, uh, maybe, maybe inflated payroll dollars and all of that. That's the outcome. This is not, I think they're just, the animals are just another pawn in the game as, as this goes. I think what you're talking about, I'm not even qualified to say some of what I'm going to say here, but I don't have a certification in it. It's just one guy in an attic telling you a story, but (laughs) I'm, I'm saying it sounds like systematically the problem is much bigger and it's it's around campaign funds versus right but the difference is that all of the other departments sanitation you know parks parks and whatever it's called and you know the water those are comprised of people the animals don't have a choice so when they're surrounded and, and and jobs are filled by people because of the fact that they are politically supportive and they'll, you know, they'll toe the line, they'll carry their weight. The animals are the ones who suffer that and the people like us who care about them. Diane, what, what do you think about all this? Well, Look, you know, yesterday, as you know, was the election and uh, the Republican Party locally, they're probably on cloud nine, but they didn't get reelected because of they, you know, their conviction. They didn't get reelected because of their record. Um, they didn't get reelected because of their integrity. They didn't get reelected because they respond to the public. They got reelected because they're riding this wave nationally right now because people are not pleased about national policy. Um, they know that. We know that. Um, and, and it's interesting because the same thing happened. Sorry to interrupt you. The same thing happened after 2016. And for the record, I'm not a partisan person. I I've, I have voted for candidates on both sides of the aisles. I've supported yeah. candidates on both sides of the aisles. I was ecstatic when the current uh, supervisor of the town of Hempstead was elected the first time. Um, We both were. But the point is that in 2016, Trump won the following year. There was a huge blue wave and there was a huge Democratic turnout and a lot of seats flipped. Uh, And it was historic, actually. And now this year, it's after Biden won, we're seeing a huge red wave. So for me, it's very interesting. I'm an analytical person, but I do. I agree with you, Diane. I think this was the whole nation benefited from this red wave. Right. It, it, it absolutely did. Um, you know, but at the same time, okay, so they got reelected. Well, we expect the same things from them. We expect them to respond. We expect them to bring back the experts as they have been recommended by the uh, Nassau County controller uh, to bring in experts and to return programs and to respond to the petitions that have 50,000 signatures saying that uh, we need the TNR program, trap, neuter, return program, put back to full capacity, not to the shadow of a program that it was. So, you know, they're either going to respond or they're not going to respond, as they've been doing for two years. And we will not skip one single beat to try to replace them and to spread awareness. And that's why I just thank you so much for this opportunity to spread awareness that you know, there's so many animals out there and um, you have so many listeners. And I think if they take away anything uh, from this, I hope at least that it's that animal welfare is all political, that you must, you know, it's so important to rescue animals, to drop off donations, to foster animals, to share their stories, you know, to help out but it's even more important to deal with the big picture, um, to raise expectations and, and uh, you know, get some things done on a bigger level, meaning programs and experts. And that's how you improve the lives of these animals. 
I want to, we're going to go to a break in a sec here, but I want to just ask when we come back, let's talk about it. Um, you say, you know, animal welfare, it's, it's all political. Um, you know, the only time I was ever in a local uh, courthouse was because my neighbor wanted to put a garage in and they were good friends of ours and they needed somebody to say yes. And I walked in with my four kids very strategically. And then my kids were much younger at the time. So kind of I gave a wave to the court clerk. And guess what? We moved way up on the list to get out of the courtroom much earlier because they didn't really want us in there. Kids got Carvel out of it. Wasn't a terrible deal. My, my, <laughs> my friends and neighbors got their uh, garage they wanted. But what I'm saying is <laughs> what I'm saying is a silly story. But what I'm saying to you is there's board meetings all the time. And I've seen some of this on the news. When we come back, I want to know where somebody who is into this and wants to learn more and wants to become an advocate where they can plug in and how they can learn more about what to do. All right. We'll be right back. Pals, professionals and animal lovers show. See you in 90 seconds right here. Howdy. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Pals, professionals, and animal lover show. We didn't have a theme song, but now I'm going to sing. Second time I sang today, actually. I sang in a meeting earlier. All right, Valerie, I left the picture on the screen. What is this picture of? I think that's Kate Murray, and, and there's a van. Yeah. <laughs> the picture's like, cool. uh, Kate Murray, Tony Santino, and Aaron King Sweeney. I'm guessing this is circa 2015. The van behind them is uh, the $227,000 at that time, brand new custom-made mobile TNR unit. The reason that was purchased was so that uh, it could go out, especially into lower-income communities, and offer low-cost spay and neuter for people's pets. Um, Unfortunately, that is uh, about six years ago. And uh, as, as of our last FOIL, um, this van, which was delivered with 1,300 miles on it, has about 2,000 miles on it. So they put about 700 miles on it in uh, six years. They're not using it. All right. Diane, where's the van? I just want to. <laughs> uh, the van, as far as I know, is, is parked in the back. They, they use it for some surgeries. But, of course, Kate Murray had a press conference. And, and by the way, she is now town clerk. And unfortunately, uh, so many people are having a very difficult time getting their freedom of information requests responded to. Um, And again, that is Kate's responsibility. Um, But as far as the van, the van did also come uh, as a settlement agreement. And Kate had announced that 
uh, in fact, the van would go into communities and offer low cost and do spay neuter in the targeted areas where there was a heavily populated uh, community cat issue. Um, it's really done none of that. I think it went out to uh, one location initially, um, maybe once or twice when we ever expose these uh, houses. Um, and, and that's part of the problem. It's like, I don't understand these people just don't get on board and do what they're supposed to do, do what they're getting paid to do, do what they promise to do. They are public servants and, and that's not what's happening. So that van, I, I don't recall, Valerie, how many miles it has on it after all of these years. It's ridiculous. It was less than 2000 the last time I checked. And I, I also want to um, answer. Uh, so Tommy's question was, if someone wants to get involved, what what do they do? Where can they go? And, you know, um, the truth is you should just uh, easily you can Google like the location of whatever, whatever township you live in. So if you're North Hempstead, Oyster Bay, St. John's County, wherever you are, town of Hempstead, and you can get onto their website. Uh, the municipalities typically post their public board meetings uh, in advance. Like they, they'll publish the entire year for Hempstead. I know that. Um, and then, you know, this is where this is where the power of I feel the power of relationships really does come in. So when I said to Diane, "Okay, I'm going to get more involved." you know, she took the time and she spoke to me on the phone and she encouraged me, but also she laid the groundwork of what to expect because it can be intimidating. I thought I'm, like, I'm walking into the government building. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm supposed to sit. I don't know how, how long I'm going to be here and all of that. And, you know, these people who, who I'm trying to reach, I want everyone to get more involved in their local government. Um, they need a little handholding. So you might want to do the same and say, look, you know, it's no big deal. You can wear whatever you want. You don't have to wear a suit and tie or a fancy dress and heels. Um, you know, you sign, you're going to sign in with your name and address. And if you want to speak, you're going to check a box. And then they're going to ask you what you want to speak about. And by sitting next to Diane, she really showed me so much. You get like a package. It's basically all of the items that are going to be discussed that day. And she goes through them and she points out if there's anything relevant to the animal shelter or something that we should really take a harder look at. And, you know, you, you learn the lay of the land, just like anything else. Um, it's hands-on learning, you know, but of course you can go there and you eventually figure it out. I will warn you, you'll probably be bored, but I do recommend bringing a friend. Um, but you know, it's, it's really important. And that's the thing. Most people have never been just like Tommy have never been to a, a board meeting, a public board meeting um, of any kind, PTA, school board, you know, city council, whatever it is. And most people, if they have gone, they go once it might be about a particular issue on that particular calendar that day. Usually what brings people out is a, a proposal for a development that a community objects to. That always brings out a nice turnout, but then they're gone, you know, and we need more people to stick around and really learn about what's going on in their own backyard with their tax dollars. I don't care what your main issue is environment, overdevelopment, whatever it is, um, you know, we need more involvement and the proof is in the pudding. Sorry, I might be talking too much, but last night's election pulled in 150,000 votes in the town of Hempstead. There's over 770,000 people that could have voted. So you're looking at 20% and people, People would kill for this privilege. It is a privilege and I think a duty to vote. I really, really believe that, especially now. Well, that's it? <laughs> I thought you, all of, all, all of a sudden you stopped. I know you ran out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can add to that, and, and Valerie's 100% right, um, even going into the animal shelters, I mean, that, that's a good start. Uh, to get an indication of what's going on there. And, and, and believe me, you're looking for more than just clean floors and, you know, um, pictures on the wall. 
Uh, it's very important to learn how to FOIL information to find out uh, because most government shelters are not going to be forthcoming with what their budgets are, you know, what they spend money on, um, what kind of uh, qualifications the employees have, um, and so on. So, you know, it's it's something that you know over time you you get to learn. You get to learn about their programs if they have programs. Um, if it's just smoke and mirrors, which much of it is now at the town of Hempstead, because again. Uh, Don Clavin, who was the supervisor, um, really has friends and family running running the animal shelter, which is why um, the director is so highly paid uh, just to basically be the gatekeeper. Um, and it shows. It shows in what's happening with the animals inside. It shows with the lack of relationships with uh, foster care providers and especially rescue organizations. Um, you know, so, and again, on the documents, you know, documents don't lie, numbers don't lie, and, you know, budgets don't lie. Diane, let's talk about your FOIL that's extremely overdue right now. Uh, you have a FOIL request in since um, August, is that correct? That's correct. The FOIL request uh, regarding... Hold on one second. FOIL. We got to, we got to, some of us may not know FOIL, so let's just go back 10 seconds and give me FOIL and then people sure. know. FOIL stand, it's an acronym which stands for Freedom of Information Law. It's also referred to in other municipalities as Freedom of Information Act. So in this case, or in any case, let's say I just, I'm curious about a specific dog at a shelter. It could be anything though. It could be a specific house that I want to, you know, put a renovation on or whatever. You can FOIL information on all a variety of things. You can FOIL contracts, whatever. So what you do is you um, you make a request. Uh, some, some places have it online. The town of Hempstead is one of them. Other places you have to send an email. They have five days to give you back uh, a receipt of your request. So when it's online, it's nice because you it's instantaneous. And um, anyway, you get a receipt number. So then they have 20 business days, so it's a month, from your uh, receipt number to provide you with the information you requested, or they tell you no such information exists, no documents support this, or um, they ask for an extension. And an extension, usually you have to get an, uh, not usually, you they have to provide you with a due date for the extension, Okay. And a reason why they're asking for an extension. So the point is this. August, let's say, 19th, Diane submitted a FOIL request. It's well over 20 business days. And what do you have, Di? Absolutely nothing. I got an initial response saying, um, could you give us the email addresses that we should be looking for? Meanwhile, it's it's Hills Food uh, Company. Very, very simple. We have a, um, a taxpayer-funded, uh, you know, um, uh, what is it called pet point and it's such an easy um you know access to all of this information with the press of a button um right. i answered that later on i got another re uh, response when i checked in saying that they're redacting the information uh that's now been probably over six weeks i sent a reminder about two weeks ago no response so this is and this is part of the problem they're actually breaking the law but is this part? Is this the game, though? Is this the game they figured? Oh no, it's Madden. We actually are going to have to give it to her at some point. But if it's Susie Q or, or Johnny Johnson, like maybe they'll just go away. Diane Madden's not going away. But is that part of the game? Like I'll I'll push them off and see what happens. Is that Absol what absolutely? If they can stall, spin, they are stall artists, and that's exactly what they're doing. In fact, there's a, been a lawsuit uh, filed because they've done it to. Uh, another advocate, Felix Percacci, and he has filed a lawsuit. He's been successful. He's gotten a lot of information, but you're right. They make it difficult. They don't, they, they, they fear transparency because they know they're not doing the right thing. They fear transparency. Listen to that. And, How about yeah, that? Yeah. And, and you know what? They know, just like they know most people don't come to their local board meetings or know who their local reps are. They know that most people are not going to take the necessary action to force them to provide the information, which is to sue them. 
All right. We have to take a quick break before somebody sues us. And uh, <laughs> we'll be back in 90 seconds with your professionals and animal lovers show. Right back. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, canines, felines, reptiles, the whole crew. Welcome back. This is Pals. Who's on my screen, Valerie? Who is this now? And it's a sad story, and I'll probably cry, but tell me the story. So this is Brock. Brock was a very handsome, beautiful pit bull um, who was a long-term resident at the Hempstead Shelter. And I will make a long story short, but um, this was a horrible a uh, situation where this dog, uh, he ended up, he did bite someone, but it really wasn't his fault. He was actually being trained inappropriately to be aggressive. He was being taught to jump. He was being taught to, to do behavior that you don't want to teach a pit bull who weighs 85 pounds to do. Um, he was the poster child of an adoptable animal. We have screenshots of them saying that he loves belly rubs and he's a sweetheart. Um, and so after the dog bit the volunteer who was wrongfully training him, um, they killed him. But two days before they killed him, they actually had a rescue, a specialized rescue, who jumped through hoops with the town to be able to take the dog and keep him forever and give him a real opportunity. And they killed him anyway. And it's not a coincidence to me that it was just a couple of hours after a town board meeting where then supervisor Gillen was in the hot seat because, uh, you know, for, for her actions, it was a horrible retaliation to the advocates because what's the easiest way to hurt an animal lover is you hurt an animal. In this case, they killed him. So when we say that animal welfare is 100% political, this is what we're talking about. Small part of what we're talking about. It it sounds like a game to me. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Um, I need to say one thing, uh, really, to the people who voted. I thank you, every one of them. To the candidates who didn't win, I just want to thank you for giving your time and energy and um, sacrificing a lot of work and parts of your lives to do so. And I want to encourage you that if you lost, especially if this was your first run, that I think Abraham Lincoln ran for like 16 times or something before he won anything. Right. And uh, and I also want to say to the winners, you know, we are trying really hard to work with you for the for the betterment of the animals and their welfare and their care. 
And all we can do right now is hopefully find a way to work together to make good things happen. Diane. Well, I, um, I think that's wonderful, Valerie. I hope that they hear you. Um, it would be a first, but it certainly would be welcome. Um, regardless, you know, whether they want to or not, we expect our elected officials to deliver. And one silver lining about the election uh, yesterday is that when so many people are uh, elected into office in, in such a sweep, having nothing to do with their background, you could have put up Elmer Fudd, no, no, um, <laughs> any clown, and they would have gotten through on the Republican ticket. That's the bottom line. Um, but because they did get in, they have an obligation to the public. And that obligation is to deliver, to respond to the public, to take care of these animals, to bring in experts, and to return the programs. And that is what we expect. If they do that, wonderful, wonderful. If they don't, we'll stay at it. I mean, you know, we're not going to skip a beat because those animals don't have a voice. I know you um, mentioned, I believe one time I heard you say, Tommy, that you have a young son that always gravitates to animals. I, I do. You've heard that. You've, you listen to the show. I do. It's great. So much. I think yeah. a lot of people do, which is wonderful. <laughs> he loves um, He loves dogs. A dog cannot go by this, this boy without him going, I love your dog. I like your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That's amazing. But, you know, those are the kind of people that, and I hope he's not too young to enlist, but, you know, that really should get involved and, you know, understand again that the approach has to be to the public servants that we elect into office. It's their responsibility to take care of these animals. If they don't want to take care of these animals, then turn the shelter over to people who do. Is that a possibility, Diane? Like, can can this not be controlled by the municipality? Can it be controlled? Can a nonprofit organization come in? Can a humane society come in? Like, what has to happen for it to be taken away from the county if, or, or excuse me, the town of Hempstead? Right. It can. It could be privatized. The problem with that um, that came up, which we weren't aware of because we were promised that as well. Oh, we'll just privatize and, you know, we'll have an organization come in and, um, you know, allow the staff, the current staff to decide if they'd like to stay, if they wouldn't. Um, and I, I heard from a wonderful organization that I would have been delighted to have taken over the animal shelter. Um, and she told me, she said, you know, we were really set to move forward. And they told me that the certain roles in there, including the director, would remain. And she said, I I'm not going to be able to be successful. No one could be successful around the current director. Yeah. So, you know, everything is a, a trick. And um, unfortunately, and, and look, maybe at this point, they won't want to deal with this for another two years because we're going to be raising, I feel invigorated. I feel like if they're going to do this again for two years, we're going to have to bring this up a level. How do they connect? Like, so Diane, you got, we got a lot of people listening to the show and we're blessed for that. And it's super exciting for us. As you said, people are listening and that's a big deal. If they're local people, if there are Long Island brethren and sister and I don't even know if sister is a word, I just made one up, but our, <laughs> our, our, our strong Islanders, if, do they connect with you? Do they like where is the where's the rally? Where's everybody get together to have the conversation about this? Aside from this this program, I mean, we can direct people from here, but where? How do they do? They connect with you? Tell me. Well, honestly, probably the best way to connect, and, and people tend to find me regardless. They they certainly can find me on Facebook. Um, but you know, I think the best place is really uh, Valerie's uh, group. Voters for Voiceless. Uh, it's an easy group to reach, um, and many people do that. Um, I, th I think at this point, Valerie's getting more calls than I am, whether it's from staff or from the public or from people that are having animal issues and really being denied services. There was an example just um, a few weeks ago where uh, a neighborhood in North Belmore on Washington Street was for four and a half years um, pleading to the animal shelter to do something about a hoarding house that only got progressively worse. 
And it wasn't until they reached us and we raised that awareness that they did something. It shouldn't take that. <laughs> In a $4 million payroll, they should have people that are, that are you know, serving the public like that. But to, to best reach us, I would say through Valerie's uh, Voters for Voiceless, um, and, and, you know, we take it from there. But again, when people are in need, they find us. And when people are looking to help, that's the best avenue. I, I want to say something positive, but put a positive spin on, on, on a lot of this and say, look, these people are in office now. They're human beings, right? However they got there, regardless of how they got there, what they were voted in legitimately. The Long Island Railroad's back. We're at the end of the show, so the train must be making its way back. They, they stop. Really? The um, they got there now. So if there's this opportunity to educate these people to see what what their their predecessors didn't see, there's opportunity to to tell the story. So that's why I hear you. It's a shot in the arm. You're reinvigorated. You can go out and fight another battle. But I think you need help to do that. One last thing, Diane, thank you for being here. We are going to draw to a close. Valerie, voices that voices for the voice. Give me the name of the thing. I screwed voters it up. Voters for voiceless. Or voiceless. <laughs> I like to call it for like, me. Too legit. Too legit. Too legit. Too legit. Sam Leibowitz, you didn't think you'd get MC Hammer songs on the show today. Sam, thank you. We appreciate you. Diane, we appreciate you and all the work you're doing. Look forward to seeing you in person here on the island and also at our upcoming educational and networking event, which is on the horizon. Is I, that it? No, I do not want I do have one last thing to say. Oh, is that it? Is that a joke? You know what? You stopped mid-sentence, and I thought there was more. And I, I swear, I think you just ran out of breath. That was awesome. If you're boring, the non sector connector never runs out of breath. I keep extra breath here in the attic. I have one last thing to say to you. Thank you for all the support and listening to our show. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. And I always leave you with this. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always includes the animals, stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. In a post 
improvement world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 